0: It's March 14th, 2018, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, Matt Morgan with us as always, and Justin Labar filling in for Raj Giri today. How's it going, guys? Great. Awesome. Justin, great to have you back. It's uh, been a while since we've done this together. Going to talk SmackDown today, talk the news, more backlash from the fabulous Moolah Memorial Battle Royal, and uh, 205 Live and the Mixed Match Challenge Let's start with SmackDown Live last night. Face-off between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, building up their match for WrestleMania. Matt, what did you think of this promo and the angle they're doing with it?
1: It would this is where Shinsuke's not not speaking English. This is where it kills him. Yeah. Um it was uncomfortable and I hope it doesn't make me sound, you know, like prejudice or stereotype, you know, stereotyping people, but that, as well as Asuka's promo, was disastrous because they keep accent, you know, in their defense, it's hard to learn a new language. Sure. I, could, I couldn't learn Japanese when I was out there for two years. I couldn't learn it. I could learn certain, like, words, but that would be about it, not how much English they've learned. But with that said, they're accenting the wrong words, they're, especially Asuka. But it's, it's really bad, and it takes me out of the damn element, which sucks because... That's the match I'm looking forward to most, if I'm being honest, is AJ versus uh, Shinsky. It's going to be a great match. Um, I, I just – I don't know if he needs a manager. I don't know what it is. But in but, and, and AJ, no offense, he's one of my better friends. He, his promos have gotten better. But they're still a world away from where they need to be to be able to get over and carry that promo segment to make up for Shinsky not speaking English.
2: Yeah. yeah Justin, what would you think? Yeah, and I kind of agree some with what Matt is saying. You know, um, you know, again, it's hard to learn a new language. I do think – I mean, there are times when Shinsuke, when he's trying to be that cool guy and he, he, and he, and he, and he emphasizes or, or, or says some words um, uniquely, I, I have to do a double-take sometimes to try to catch what he said. Um, I'm looking forward to the match as well, but what I wonder too, to, to again, branch off what Matt says, I'm wondering – this doesn't have a lot of promo fire behind it. It's, you know, basically, the story is, okay, okay, here's two of arguably the best in-ring performers in right. the world today. And my, my only concern, and I talked about this some on my podcast this week, my only concern is, are they setting an expectation, or, or, or maybe fans, maybe are fans setting such an expectation up in their mind for how mega great this match is going to be? And I'm sure these two are going to give it their all, but depending on where they're placed on this mega five-hour card that has all these other different attractions... I'm just wondering, are Nakamura and AJ setting themselves up? You know, is this going to be able to follow through with the grand expectation? I guess, gonna
1: be- because they're going to be opening up the show, in my opinion, I think yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, you think it's always going to be the first match? Has that I, been confirmed? Yeah.
2: No, I, I think it's what it should be.
0: I no, I think it'd be great. Although, isn't that three years in a row? AJ being the first match yep. of Mania?
1: Yeah. That's,
2: yep. That should be his thing. But being, the first match is not a bad thing. Yeah, I think after you, after how you close a show, the next most important thing is how you start a show.
1: It's true. It's, it's supposed to be, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, man. So the, yeah, the friendly competition angle is always, I think, a little uh, hard to really get the fire behind it. And you guys are right about Shinsuke. I feel like with both him and Asuka, I'm sitting there watching these promos, and my my feeling is like, oh, I'm I'm really pulling for them. I'm really hoping yes. with each word, yes. it's, it's like, just please, just you. like. You almost feel like that thing, like we rehearsed this, guys. You can you can make it through. I know you can do this. Um, yeah, so I, I want them to do it. But man, how much cooler is Oscar with the Miz and the Miz as her mouthpiece with Oscar just speaking in Japanese at a rapid pace and the Miz saying yeah what she said. You know, I think that's almost makes it cooler. Than sitting there just waiting uh for them to get through these things and they're doing their best but man it's uh it's it is a little tough sometimes um so after that man uh we had aj styles versus rusev so crowd was very happy to see uh aiden english and rusev there aj won by dq after aiden english interfered with this match um yeah matt what do you think they do with rusev building up to mania here
1: what you're seeing. Um, yeah. you know, being a utility player. Um, you know, he has no real direction heading into Mania. He'll be in the battle royal or whatever. You know, he'll get his big pop. It's it's a shame, but it's just what it is.
0: Yeah. Justin, what do you think? What do you think uh his behind the scenes take is on him? I mean look, man, a year ago this guy had the US title or a little over a year ago. They've pushed him before. But he has gotten over so organically now, and the company seems, uh, aside from the merchandise department, the company was not prepared to capitalize on this fan interest.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm anticipating a battle royal uh, appearance for him. I mean, I guess you got to look at it from maybe from WWE's management standpoint. Maybe it's like, okay, look, we're making money off this guy with the merchandise, and we don't have to move him into a top spot that we want somebody else in. So maybe, maybe maybe in WWE's eyes, things are working just like they wanted to. They're making money off of him. And he suffices as a as a mid card guy. You know, it's it's still weird to me that WWE is kind of embracing at least the merchandise again. They're embracing the Rusev Day popularity, but yet they're still positioning him as a heel in the booking. So I, I don't know if that changes. But. Yeah,
0: um, I thought the match with AJ was was uh, good last night. It was solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think AJ is just going to keep having these exhibitions in front of Nakamura essentially, um, until uh, until their match of mania. Um, so this
2: I'll was, I was just Glenn, I will say, Rusev, if you look at him, I think Rusev's in his best shape of his life. If you look oh, at yeah. it now,
1: he's leaner. He's leaner. I
0: mean, they had this guy destroying Titus O'Neil multiple times, uh, for the U.S. Championship a year and a half ago. Uh, they've pushed him before,
1: yeah.
0: Now they just don't seem as
1: interested, you know, there's, there, there's been something with him where after he cut his hair, he got married to Lana or whatever. Since then it's been, it's been downhill for him with how they've booked him because they did push him to the close to the moon at yeah. one point. Remember he where he went against John Cena to the tank. Um, And went went on a tank. They don't just do that for anybody. You yeah. Know? So the machine has been behind him before. So, for now, what, a year and a half or two years or three years later for them, now that he's organically gotten over, this is what they should have been waiting for. So for for them not to put the machine behind him again makes me just, I don't know. Are they still butthurt over him cutting his hair and and announcing him getting married or whatever it was without them being able to do it? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that petty when you were there, Matt, where it's like you just sort of disappoint one guy or piss off
2: one guy and...
1: Yep. So (laughs) lame. So lame. Matt, is it, is
2: it, do you think there's some truth to the fact that uh, management might get upset that, that he got, he's gotten over more organically with something that maybe he just kind of came up with versus something they
1: try to come up with? We've well, seen that happen a million times, but usually that holds true to, like, the Zach Riders or guys that they have absolutely no plans for and have had previously no plans for, you know? So this one's fishy. I think that's what makes this one so hard to understand. Is because they did get behind this guy. They did try to get him super. Well, he was over. Say what you will. As a heel, he was, He did great. I thought when he got his opportunities um, earlier on, you know, versus Cena and that whole run he had. I don't get it. The you know the, the the hard part's done. You know he's organically over. That's so hard to do today's day and age. It just is. And and it's. I used to say it's the chant. It's the whole Rusev day thing. That's more over. Maybe that is still the truth, guys. Maybe I'm just misdiagnosing it now, and I don't have the proper gauge of this. And Maybe they're correct in saying, look, if we start to push him, what happens when the Rusev of Day chants start to calm down? Then what? You know, now we've wasted a top-flight babyface slot on this team. I, I don't know. But at least
0: you get that run. Hey, Matt, your mic is uh, hitting your zipper. It's
1: crackling. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's annoying, too. I'm Sorry, guys.
0: No, um, I agree. And he, look, he did this. He got over on TV with Rusev Day, which was approved when he went out there and did that for the first time. This wasn't Zack Ryder taking to the internet and bypassing the channels. Rusev did not go rogue. Right. Getting over with the crowd. Right. Um, so it's puzzling. But hey, so what if it burns itself out? You know, everything burns itself out in the WWE. No, I agree. You know, but let, well, that's his opportunity to come up with something new.
1: One other thing I want to let you guys know is the people that make like the, the T-shirts... And merch, I should say, have nothing to do with creative.
2: Yeah. Sometimes
1: creative will say, "Hey, look, we're putting Ultimate Warrior in the Hall of Fame. Make some shit for him," or <laughs> or whatnot. Yes, that does happen sometimes. But like when Daniel Bryan shirts started coming out and things like that, it's like North Dakota and South Dakota. You know what I mean? Their job is just to create merchandise that they can sell. And then what will happen? And this, you guys know what I'm talking about. Is if a guy gets really hot. They won't make him and he's not supposed to be getting over. He's not supposed to be, you know, in a main event, you know, situation. They will, like you've seen with Roman, they'll make 55 different Roman shirts and they'll make like one Zack Ryder shirt or one Rusev Day shirt. When in reality, Rusev shirts, if they built, if they made five of them, they would sell. You know what I mean? So like you can't always judge the merchandise money that a guy makes either anymore because it's not, it's not accurate to where it could be if, if everyone was treated equally. But, again, if a guy gets a T-shirt, doesn't, creative doesn't have anything to do with that. It's, 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 it, that's the merchandise uh, department saying, hey, we can make some money real quick off this.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that shows. I mean, merchandise department comes up for, with a lot of different stuff. Um, and, yeah, it doesn't always coincide. I mean, you know, Kurt Hawkins has a shirt on exactly, the show. Exactly, exactly. Um man, so this was kind of cool last night what they did for the tag match. We had Jimmy Uso and Big E taking on the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh essentially what was left standing or what, what was left uh, eligible to compete from the match at Fast Lane after the Bludgeon Brothers attack from the New Day and the Usos. Um, so this is clearly building towards a triple threat. Matt, what did you think of this last night and this angle? i, I
1: You guys, I like the fact that that everyone was so beat up that these were the only two that could go, right? That was cool. Yeah. Um, Storyline-wise. I just, the Bludgeon Brothers, the mallets, the whole, I don't know. It takes me out of, again, it takes me out of, I'm not able to suspend my disbelief. The outfits. I can't get past Mm -hmm. them. Sorry.
0: Justin, do you like the outfits and the mallets?
2: No, I don't. I like like the, the two guys' natural look that they have. Um, yep. I like the I like the booking. I mean I think the, I think what they did at, at Fastlane was great. And they made a statement. Um everybody, the Usos and they, they sold it and then to match point they, they they sold it uh, in storyline of of only having two of them out of the five who were attacked able to go and they were all taped up. But yeah, I mean I, I like the music and everything, but yeah, the the, the the wardrobe and the mallets just yeah, I I I can't get by if they would drop those and just if they would let Harper go back to wearing what he always wore even back on in the Indies with the the dirty tank, tank
0: top yeah. yeah
2: right and and let Rowan uh, Rowan is fine wearing like the the jail jumpsuit that he wore in the wife y- I mean you can just have him be that you know have this music have this intensity uh, have them still do the entrance where they walk out stare at each other and come out do all that just just change the wardrobe and and, and drop the <coughs> drop them. Out.
0: did you know that tank top was the same tank top that he they washed it but he would like I, rub it on the floor and you I, just get it dirty over the years
2: I can tell you on uh for the six months that he Worked the same any company I did. That we would he would sometimes take the tank top, throw it on the ground, and we would all just stomp and walk over it for a course of a few minutes just to get it <laughs> dirtied up for him. Oh,
0: so. that's kind of a gimmick in itself. I like that. Um, so, Matt, do they win at Mania? Do the Bludgeon brothers destroy both teams?
1: No. Oh, I don't. You know, I can't predict it now. Honestly, uh, at first I would said hell no, but I'll be honest, I would. I'm all for new, you know, new people getting over and getting a spot – sorry, getting a chance. But I thought there's more money in – I know they've wrestled a million times, but on the main card of WrestleMania, when the Usos talked about finally getting on that main card after being looked over for nine manias, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I got really into that. I got really emotionally invested and attached to it and saying, you know what, I want to see these two teams go. They are the two best tag teams. I do want to see them go one-on-one. Uh, to a tag match straight up. Um, you know what I mean? It's just because it's at Mania, it's on the biggest, you know, show of them all, that crap, and uh, it had more meaning behind it. And then then they threw the Bludgeon Brothers in. It's, eh, I don't know.
0: I, Justin, what do you think? I worry about the Bludgeon Brothers coming out of Mania, the dominant tag team, and them having their own little streak for uh,
2: six months and just burying the division. I don't, I don't mind them being. I mean, I, I want those guys to be on Mania, but like Matt said, I was really getting hyped to have those finally have their match. I, I guess my my more concern is I just don't like the amount of multi man multi team matches that we are having on this card. It's like you know, there's, there's we'd have to. It might be true. I'd have to write it all down. We might end up having five, six. Fourteen.
0: Fourteen matches. Oh, multi Mania would be at fourteen matches total. But yeah,
1: probably just like four or five three ways.
2: Multi, yeah, multi match might outnumber straight up one on ones, which for WrestleMania, oh yeah, is a weird thing, yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, um, it's going to be a stacked mania this year, but I think that speaks to where the fan base is now because the, I mean, the challenge for the WWE is, yeah, you have the, the draws, you have the Brock, the Cena, the Undertaker, but we're in this era now where you get below that and there's no three people you point to as the top second tier talent. It's like everyone that's not at the top is essentially a fan favorite.
2: Well, and that's, and that's, that's true. And that, and that actually goes back real quick. That goes back even to the Rusev thing, to where there's actually yeah. something said for it's almost one of those things where if WWE starts to push somebody hard, and I'm not saying this would happen with Rusev, but let's just use him for example. If WWE starts to push somebody hard, sometimes the fans start to resent that. They give the, oh, you're shoving us down your throat. Sometimes things like Rusev Day are cooler when it's kind of like being the underdog thing. Uh, yeah. That point you said, Glenn. But my, my concern, my thing I have with Mania anymore, as, I, as you said, after you get past the top elite, after you get past the Cena's, the Brocks, the Takers, the, the Triple H, once you get – there's like this theory that everybody has to be on the Mania show. Now, for the talent, obviously they want to be because it's a payday and, and, and before right. that. But from a fan perspective, when you make it that – when you turn WrestleMania into a five-hour thing that has 14 matches and everybody gets to be on the show, well, now it's not exclusive anymore. Make it who the best of the best is. And I'm sorry if some talent doesn't
1: get to make it well, they don't make it, you know, but – just to give you guys a perspective, when I was there, like if you were like the opening match on Mania, like in, like, say, Shannon Moore, I don't know, some anybody, uh, in, in like one of those, let's say it's a battle, the guys were making 30 grand just for that one shot. Wow. Um, really early on in the show, I'm not talking about the headliners, the stars, the mid-carters, even. I'm talking about, you know, opening act talents. You know what I mean? That's why guys wanted to be on Mania so damn bad. Now I don't know what the base structure is, obviously. Matt, do you? Th- but uh, do you that's think that's a lot of money?
2: Yeah. That, do you think with because that year, that was also the days too when there's actually true pay per view. Right. Now, now that the pre show is still on the same network and basically the same, the only difference between the pre show and the and the and the and the regular show is they don't light up the entrance way until the regular show. So oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, the pre show huh. they the pre show they still or at least they have they 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 would wait until the big opening until they would. You know, pyro and light up the whole entrance play. They would kind of keep the pre-show set dark. That's. I'm wondering if you're on the pre-show, which is like
1: two hours now, what kind of money yeah. you you get, or how that works. That's a great question, and that's a great question because you've seen, um, what's her name? Uh, not Becky Lynch, but Sasha Banks. You know, oh. uh, on that show, I've seen, you know, you've seen some decent ta- Miz. You know, you've seen some really good talents. I think. Something must be I I don't know what the structure is of the contracts now as far as I I know what they around what they make, but I don't know like per show how does that work. I have no Mm. clue. But that's what was so great about these downside guaranteed contracts, you know, I think mine was like two twenty five, right? My downside, which means if I don't wrestle a date, I get two hundred twenty five grand, right? Which is a great deal, like way more than I'm worth. But nonetheless, and the goal is, obviously, to exceed that downside guarantee by getting on the big pay-per-views back in the pay-per-view era. And the more pay-per-views you got on, that was all gravy and icing on the cake on top of your guaranteed money. It was a great gig. And um, the, the the network, I've always wondered, what ha- how does that work? Does it encourage a talent to want to get on a pay-per-view or not? Does it hurt them if they're not on it? Is that extra money they get on top of? your downside game by making a pay-per-view, you know? And then now we're talking to Justin's point about the pre-show. I think, Justin, if all things are created equal, I can't imagine. They must have it in their contracts. I don't know. I'm just guessing here that if you get on a pay-per-view, you get X amount of dollars. You know what I mean? I don't know.
0: It is. It isn't on the DVD, the pre-show. But aside from that, is there any merchandising difference in And even revenue? that's
1: not going anywhere. Let's just yeah. come on. I mean, in India, it's being sold somewhere. Overseas, it's being sold for sure. These DVDs, but not here. They're not. No one buys DVDs.
0: I agree. Um, yeah, and I think uh, as years go on, there's less and less of a difference uh, between the two. Um, but so second half book ending, sort of last time what we saw with AJ and Shinsuke. We had Charlotte and Oscar. Did this work better for you, Matt? Did what work? Uh, Charlotte and Oscar that face off no, last night
1: absolutely not and and, and uh no I, and it sucks because can you guys hear me yeah i don't see my microphone moving um it's the two best like i'm excited for this match this match is gonna be insane oscar's gonna hit her stiff kicks um the best female athlete we've ever seen in that wrestling ring is gonna be doing moon salts off the top rope to the outside on her it's gonna be awesome but um the, the build up similar to Jane and Shinsky, unfo- Shinsuke unfortunately. It's just going it has a lot leave to be desired and it's because of the breakdown of not speaking English. She's making faces. I want to see if you can see my face properly. Let me get the right lighting here. Sorry. <laughs> she'll be like this uh, what's what's old girl? Asuka. Asuka'll be like um, she'll, she'll be like Asuka <laughs> like, like, like like she makes she makes the wrong facials at the wrong time and she inflects the wrong words god bless her for trying but she has this. she's trying to do this whole cocky thing right with her facial expressions and she's doing them at the wrong times and it takes me out of the moment
0: do you think and this is just a question uh justin i'm curious to get your take on this as well as well but matt when you were there do you think that the attitude is sort of hey it's good enough we put on 104 of these shows a year. Let's just get it out there, and then we're on to the next thing.
1: When we were, t- when you were talking earlier, yeah, about, about you saying the same thing. I'm thinking, like, you're rooting for them. Going, oh, oh come yeah, on, come on, come on, it's got to get better than this. Because you can do this, Oscar. Come on, come on. Like, we shouldn't be doing that, obviously, yeah. but we are. All right, we're admitting that we are, and, and that they shouldn't be wanting us to do that, but we are. So, my opinion is yes. What you just said, I think yes. I think it's like this is as good as it's gonna get. <laughs>
0: That, that should be the then now forever. This is as good as it's going to get, folks. Just I'm being serious. You know. uh, Justin, what, what do you think? Uh, quality of product. Most profitable era of the WWE ever. Stock is doing very well. Huge company. They're trying to negotiate for these TV rights. Don't they maybe just spend a little extra time in rehearsal on these things? They, oh, they are.
1: Yeah. It's, it's still the drizzling shits.
0: Yeah.
2: First off, someone i to get Raj on the phone and work it into Matt Morgan's wrestling in contract that every podcast from here on out he has to make a face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I this, this match should be built around Oscar streak or against, you know, Charlotte's pedigree and her, her, yeah. her talent. I, I, I don't, I actually would prefer not even see these two in the same ring. Even speaking, I'd prefer them not to be seen in the same room until Mania. Um, yeah. You know, let, let let it be. We're like, okay, well, we've seen Asuka beat up some people here. We've seen Charlotte beat up people yep. here. We've seen a promo here. We've seen a promo. We have not seen them in the same ring together. And these are like two, you know, and that'll make it that big of a deal when these two awesome women are in the same twenty by twenty. Justin,
1: video pack. I would tell them to video package us to death with these two. I'll take it.
2: Yep, yep I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah, and it's the same thing. as it's Nakamura and Orton. It, or Nakamura and Styles. It's built off of. You know, we, we just want to get to the match, and it's just the, the promos don't really need anything. So, yeah, let, video, you know, WWE production can make, you know, WWE production could make uh, me look like a superstar. So, let them make this feud look like a superstar.
0: Their video department is the best. I mean, God, yeah. Yes. I watch a lot of TV, and uh, the WWE recaps are just incredible. Do you think Asuka, they haven't said that she's going <clears throat> to Mania, but if she defeats Charlotte, I think, or not to Mania, pardon me to, to SmackDown, but if she defeats Charlotte, I mean, is it pretty much a given that she's going to stay on that roster post-Mania and the Superstar Shakeup?
1: Yes, I think that's exactly what will happen. I was going to say it's going to transition right into the Superstar Shakeup. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Justin, have you heard anything about about the moves that they might make?
2: Um, nothing other than just a lot of a lot of rumors are out there. But yeah, I think she has to stay on SmackDown because you know you want to have a title on each brand, so you're going to have. You're gonna have already a raw champion.
0: Yeah. um So after that last night, they did the goddamn thing again with the music hitting of the next segment in the transition. Randy Orton's music hits. Oscar and Charlotte are in the ring facing off, and it's like, okay, forget about that now. We're on to the next thing. Randy Orton comes out. Um, he went to the commentary table for Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal. Um, I mean, this overlapping segment thing, i just it, it gets me that I think something is about to happen that's relevant to what I just saw. But, Matt, what do you think of that presentation style, and what do you think about uh, how they're setting up this U.S. title three-way?
1: Um, I would have preferred it to be Bobby versus Randy straight up, and, and, and Bobby gets the big win at Mania. Yeah. I still think it's going to go that way. It's just going to be a three-way now with, with – you know um with uh, what's his name in it you know uh the modern day maharaja yeah you know the yeah
0: um i mean it seems like look they're still they still see jinder as a uh at least a mid-card talent i mean they're still pushing him pretty substantially
1: and, and, and his work has continued to improve by the way his oh Im- yeah his aggression, I'm loving it. He's, he's he's really gotten a lot better. And when you're working the main event and you're working the best talents, you have no choice but to get better. But it also takes confidence. And when you get taken – the title gets taken from you, you get pushed out of that main event p- title picture. Now you're not even on the show half the time. That could really F with your confidence. Like I was telling you guys about Raw. Yeah. Um, it can really mess with your confidence. And the fact that it has not made his confidence, you know – back back backtrack at all in fact his confidence is going up he's more confident on the mic than i've seen him and his in-ring work is just a thousand times more aggressive and more confident so um he deserves it
2: yes aside from gender when it gets to the body rude randy orton i do find it comical that, that with this whole rude orton they're kind of making it out like you know uh Orton's the, the veteran who's trying to get that one last title, and Bobby's kind of the new guy mm-hmm. in town. And it's comical because actually, Bobby, I realized Bobby Roode's three years older than Randy Orton. Randy's been in WWE. No, Bobby Root is forty. Orton's thirty-seven. Damn. Randy's only thirty-seven. So it's funny they're actually in switch versus what they portray on TV. But whatever. And I, I did not. I, I didn't
1: know yeah, Randy was thirty-seven. It, I was 30 it, my it, age.
2: Assuming Wikipedia is uh, telling the truth.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Oh.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Um, man, could you imagine though with Ginder if this had been flipped, if they'd given Ginder a mid card feud uh-huh. to develop his talent and Jinder was at this level in the championship picture? Because to Matt, to your point, Jinder's gotten yeah. so much stronger, I think that he just had to learn in the main event, spotlight. Right.
1: Yeah, you know? that's the that's the quickest way to do it. And yeah. it's not it's not even what we see on TV. When, when we really improve you guys is when we're doing house shows and live events. That's when we really start to feel ourselves out as to who we are in that ring as a character and test things out and try things out and get confident. Um, and then when TV comes, you, you, you're really only given a microcosm of what you're given on a live events match. But um, so, yeah, it's all of that. It's him working in the main event picture, even on live events. And a lot of that's to be credited to Randy to really taking him under his wing and really working with him. I was just going to say, I, I, I remember back
2: in the summertime, I was at a SmackDown TV. It might have been the last SmackDown before the pay-per-view The gender won the title. And I've <clears> seen Jinder <throat> at SummerSlam, and I've seen him throughout the year. And then I saw him at a house show in December against mm-hmm. like Styles in a cage. And it was at that night that I'm thinking to myself, man, he's getting to work Styles three times a week, not with no TV you know, cues to follow. Like That's going to make a big difference. I mean, we're really seeing it in TV.
0: Um man so this was awkward last night. Um okay so they did the promo package for the Fabulous Moolah Memorial Battle Royal. We'll talk about all that controversy after SmackDown. After. But then Naomi versus Carmella but given that controversy, Carmella's promo last <laughs> night where she's going on and on, I'm the Fabulous Moolah of the modern day WWE and all this other uh-huh. stuff, it was just kind of like, ooh, no, kind of, like, cringe. Um, her match versus Naomi, I thought, was good. I thought they're making her more of a threat now with mm-hmm. that briefcase, which makes me think a mania cash-in is going to happen mm-hmm. if they're building mm-hmm. her. Um, but, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like somebody should pull her aside and be like, maybe hey, don't lean so heavily on the comparisons with Moolah. Um, but I thought the match was good.
1: They're just going to ignore that, Glenn. The, I know the stuff with Mula will never be unless there is some something that has to do with legal issues or court or anything like that where they could be sued in that world. The stuff you're talking about, Mula, does not exist,
0: yeah. I know, but it's just that thing is sort of in hindsight. Could you imagine, Matt, if you were on, let's say, when you were on Impact, right? Um. Mm-hmm. You know, And you were doing an angle on there, and this would have been years ago, but you were talking about, oh, you know what, I'm going to be a dad, but maybe kind of cool dad and kind of funny, I'm going to be like the Bill Cosby of impact. And you were going on and on about that. You'd look back at that now and be like, what in the hell was I thinking? Why, why didn't somebody tell me maybe not to dig the hole this deep? I'm just saying some of these things don't age well, and it was just weird to have her making that direct comparison.
1: Well, here's the thing, Glenn. If we know about it, trust me, everyone in WWE, as far as yeah. management goes, they know it. And if they're okay with it, I'm telling you, they feel this isn't something that could come back and bite them in the ass. Uh, Plus, they're if, very you know, careful. They're they're very careful, guys. Very careful.
2: Yeah. Plus, you know, I mean, there's I know there's you know petitions out and everything. If WWE changes, if WWE all of a sudden says, okay, we're it's not going to be the pool of Battle Royal, it's going to be the the Wendy Rector Battle Royal. If they change something after the fact because of one petition, the next thing you know, and then there's 50 petitions and there's other stuff that maybe doesn't even matter.
0: Slippery well,
1: slope, yep. Yeah,
0: the women's revolution, though, this entire thing happened because of a hashtag, because it gave Divas a chance. I mean, that was the wake-up call for, right. uh, for the main roster. So they've done it. I mean, JBL uh, not being on TV anymore, a large part of that. It appeared to be due to the outrage over him bullying Moro and him just kind of being a dick on SmackDown commentary. Right. Um, so these things do happen. I just, uh, and I will say uh, this Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan originally tweeted about this battle royal, putting Mula over in the right. tweet. They deleted those tweets individually. Yeah. Okay. So. But Carmella is all in on this clearly, which makes me think maybe they have a plan for her to win this. Uh, because she's it seems more than anyone really taking the ball and running with it. Uh yeah. look, good good for girl for getting a push. Uh, you know, it's a it's a long time coming. We all agree she's approved in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um they are doing more now. We're getting these you know two women's storylines per week which is what we asked for which is great yeah it was just yeah that that promo might not age the best is uh what i'm saying but granted a lot of wwe has not aged i mean you go back and look at the attitude era now matt i know you rewatched that extensively on the network but don't you see some of those segments i mean even the original dx segment with bret hart and uh sean and yeah, uh, insinuating what one of the H's in Triple H stands for and all that. I mean, some of the stuff has not aged well in look the Attitude at, Era humor.
2: Look at some of the early Goldust segments. They oh, don't... my God. I mean,
0: yeah. No, and it's weird, too, right? Because yeah. you look back on it now and you go, Goldust, man, what a progressive thing for the WWE to do. But they didn't introduce that character to be progressive. Like, they introduced that character for the wrong reasons. And in hindsight, right. it looks like
1: they were being very brave. Ooh, you're absolutely right on that. Weren't they calling him like, like fag and things like yeah. that? he was getting that kind yeah. of heat,
0: and he was getting that in promos against him. Oh my God, the
1: arenas would chant it. Yeah,
2: actually, do you remember? Yeah,
1: good God. Well, like
2: in ninety five and ninety six, when he's you know when he's having you know the, the, the feuds and matches with 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 Scott Hall with, with Razor Ramon. I mean, you know, he's and you have they have Vince asking Goldust in a promo, you know, you're you're preying on homophobic fears, and you know, I mean, like that's in nineteen ninety five. That's some uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: It's uh, it's one of those things. So I think the WWE now, to their credit, uh, we'll talk about this in the controversy of it. I think the in recent years they have tried to do a better job about being on the right side of history with some things. They're at the very least trying to limit the amount that they embarrass themselves. Um, All the company now. So yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, It's definitely been a change. Okay, so Shane McMahon, final segment of the evening. Man, announced he's taking a leave of absence as SmackDown Live general manager and sets up a match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for WrestleMania 34. Um, Everyone's anticipating this could be a triple threat between Shane, Owens, and Sami. If you listen to the promos early in the evening, both Sami and Owens are saying that they're mad at each other, but they're also mad at Shane McMahon. Matt, what'd you think of that beatdown last night?
1: Great, very good, very very vicious. Um, Sammy, especially, um, he needs a lot. I always thought he need, he leaves a lot to be desired with his aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, but since his heel turn, he's jumped it up, and then last night he really spiked it up even more. Um, and it looked very believable. And this gives you this gives them the out from having to have Shane take his quote unquote fake leave of absence. To now have be part of this three way,
0: Justin, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I definitely like Sami Zayn way better as a heel than babyface. I he just never did anything for me character wise as a babyface. Uh, I think Triple Threat's a good way to go here. Um, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, they have that relationship to where a they always because they're such good friends in real life. They'll always put on a good match because they have such trust with each other. They have a great storyline relationship to where. He can band together and attack Shane McMahon, but you know, in the blink of a, an eye, one of them will stab the other one in the back. So I think it'll make for a good triple threat uh, dynamic. And you know, and if you have Shane, who's only there as a talent contract, he's not, he's you know, he has no business or executive obligations or duties as far as I know, so he's just there as a talent. You might as well use him uh since he's talent, you might as well use him for a mania match because he always delivers in that in that capacity. So I think I think putting I think that's a good rub for for you know Owens and Zane have been going around and around it is. But it's a good rub for them for, a mania, for Mania Payday, for them to not only do what they've done you know, from Ring of Honor and all through their careers, but now they can do it with a McMahon on the WrestleMania stadium. That's a
1: huge rub.
0: Yeah, but what's Shane going to jump off of in the triple threat? That's a real question.
1: <laughs> he just needs to do his uh, Van Daminator. That's all.
0: <laughs> the coast-to-coast last year was uh, pretty sick with AJ, he and it made it look good in the replay.
2: He can put he can prop both Owen and Zayn up next to each other in one
1: corner
2: yeah. and just put in a trash
1: can, or whatever. Or feed, head, each can
2: Man, it's, we it's, talked about Xavier Woods
0: selling at Fastlane on Sunday. Shane, with those noises last night, I mean, I was uncomfortable the level of, of selling he was doing.
2: I thought my dog uh, – I didn't realize it was Shane. I was looking at it. the dog was on the floor. I thought the dog was wheezing or something, and I realized it was coming from the TV. I mean, we haven't
0: seen selling like that with the, the – I mean – It seemed very realistic, the the level of pain he was communicating. I uh, thought it was very brutal. I mean, this is definitely how you get heat uh, between the three of them. Um, But, yeah. The lost uh,
1: art of selling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was really something else uh, last night. So, all in all, what did you think of SmackDown and how it compared to to Raw this week in building up Mania, Matt?
1: They did. They set the table properly. The problem – or they tried to set the table. The problem, in my opinion, I keep coming back to the two is unfortunately, you know, Shinsuke and and, and uh, Asuka, They in what those are the most two. Those are the two matches I'm most excited about, and they kill those promos tonight, not in a good way. And it hurt, yeah. in my opinion, it hurt my overall take on the show. Yeah, Justin, how about you? Raw is going to always overshadow it.
2: Uh, both, I think, in the grand scheme of things, and for me personally, because you have. I mean, Raw's building Cena Taker, Raw's building Roman and Lesnar, Raw's building Ronda Rousey. I mean, and those are the three that I'm most interested in for me. So it, it's, but, but any which way, I think Rawls is stacked with more star power, longer format. You can, both shows are live, but Raw, as long as Vince McMahon's alive, I believe Rawls always going to be given. It's always going to be the show that started, it came first, so it's going to get the, um, you know, it's going to get the first priority. So, yeah. I mean, SmackDown wasn't bad. Yeah, as Matt said, things were, things were set up pretty well. But uh, it turns out if you're trying to compare side-by-side, side, Raw's going to overshadow it always on the road to of- me. Well,
0: did you guys watch the Mixed Match Challenge last night?
1: No. Hell no. Emphatically, hell no. <laughs> I, I did not either.
0: So, Rusev lost twice in one night. Uh, him and Lana lost to Bobby Roode and Charlotte Flair. Um, it, was, it was actually kind of fun, but uh, they're really leaning on this potential romance angle. Between Bobby Roode and Charlotte, Matt. I know you commented on Charlotte's look at him last week when he entered the ring. But yeah, Corey Graves was calling out out last night. I mean, so I think it's going to be them versus Alexa and Braun
2: with the same same thing.
1: Stupid. So
2: yeah, I was going to say. So Braun and Alexa then have they been teasing this? Is the entire Mixed Max Challenge intended to be a WWE dating site? Like, like is that
1: like why? Yeah, why? Why does it have to be love? it's, it's, it's such an immature angle to book it really is that that the fact that two professionals can't be in a tag team together getting feelings falling in love with one another it's so dated it's so like seventh grade of me being paired with the girl for the first time in a class assignment me not know how to handle it you know what i mean it's it's that lame
2: well, it probably starts because you have a couple real-life couples in it. You have, you have Naomi and, and Uso, and you have Lana and Russo. That's probably what starts. Is they feel like, okay, everybody else has to be a couple then.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you guys watch 205 Live? No. <laughs> Apparently, it's very good now. I feel like I should be really? watching it each week. Yeah. It's like the Cruiserweight Classic was. They're putting on great matches. Did you watch it, Justin?
2: I didn't, only because I didn't get home until very late, and okay. I haven't
0: um, Okay, so let's dive into the latest on this Fabulous Moolah controversy. We talked about it the other night. Um, they're naming the Battle Royal, the Women's Battle Royal, after her at WrestleMania. Everybody loves that they're doing Women's Battle Royal, or at least most people do, uh, as the uh, spiritual counterpart to the Andre Men's Battle Royal, which may or may not happen at Mania this year. So the issue some people have is that they're naming it after the Fabulous Moolah. She is perhaps the best-known wrestler uh, pre, I'm going to say, 1990, maybe? Mm -hmm. Her and Mae Young?
1: Without a question.
0: Yeah, just putting it out there. Um, So the controversy is there have been former students of hers that said in addition to uh, holding them back, not teaching them how to properly wrestle, booking herself at the top, that also saying they were pressured into performing um, sexual favors for male wrestlers and promoters and other men, uh, for money, we, of which Mula was forcing them to do and then taking a large cut of that money and in essence, pimping them out um, as part of uh, working under her or with her and the monopoly she had on women's wrestling in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in particular. So there have been a lot of articles about this that sum this up in far greater depth, quotes from former students. We've seen more and more reporting on this. Ryan Satin uh, reached out to Mad Maxine, who uh, called her a horrible person and confirmed a lot of these allegations? Again, there's still allegations. No charges were ever filed or, or pressed. How many other talents have said
2: that she's done this?
0: Um, what's the count, Justin? I, I've seen at least three. I, I don't okay. know.
2: The, I don't know the exact account. I'll, I'll be honest. I was a little bit late to this, this party of knowing this. and I have my own opinion. Yeah,
0: I'd, I'd heard about it as. as We hear a lot of rumors, right? Oh, Vince McMahon helped Jimmy Snuka murder a girl and cover it up in the 80s. I mean, you read a lot of things um, that are, for lack of a better word, folklore about, you know, uh, Vince has issues with Macho Man and Stephanie.
1: Macho Man and Stephanie, yeah. Yeah.
2: There are fans that believe that Kevin Sullivan helped kill Chris Benoit. Like, the amount of...
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know. Things get so crazy. I mean, not just... they do. Absolutely. And, that,
0: and so that, so let's take that and just say that even with all the craziness and folklore and urban legends with all wrestling, right. this is tied into at least three named allegations sourced in interviews okay. by journalists of various repute who who have done the digging and done the stories on this. Now, Mula denied these allegations late in life. Apparently, Vince McMahon has never believed any truth to these allegations. Right. Um, so with all this in mind, there was a huge, huge internet response when they announced that they were naming the battle royal after her. Uh, again, people love the concept, but people are saying, hey, here's a woman that not only held women's wrestling back for so many decades by putting herself <clears throat> at the top, but she also engaged allegedly in human trafficking, uh, forced prostitution, and a lot of, I mean, just, just terrible business practices. I mean, people are saying, you know, uh, the, one of the interviews said that she would purposely get her students hooked on drugs and make them dependent on her and just terrible stuff. So, given these allegations, given that God we're in the Jesus. me, given that we're in the Me Too era, right? Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, uh, dozens of other powerful people that can't get a gig right now because of allegations against them. Right. I'm saying allegations, not convictions. Allegations. Yeah. Enzo Amore suspended. Uh, Rich Swann was uh, suspended after his domestic allegation. Given that the WWE even has been quick to act upon these things, that it is at best tone deaf. Uh, maybe insensitive to the era that we're in and trying to push this women's revolution evolution of true equality and respect for female re- uh, performers in the WWE, that it goes a little against that message or perhaps a lot against that message okay. to name this after the Fabulous Moolah.
1: All right, now that you're done with your soapbox, listen, back <laughs> in that era, I'm not making an excuse for her whatsoever. Yeah. If, if, if these allegations are true, okay, which we still don't know, I don't care that sure. this lady... This one woman come out and said what she said. That's one person. Absolutely. um, And maybe there's two or three others. So be it. Maybe it is true. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And by playing devil's advocate, that was not the only line of work that did things like that. I went online and you can look this up for yourself. There are other, there were other industries where, I'm not saying it's okay. I would never be okay with this. But where women were, just treat sixties horribly, horribly, horribly bad, and um, a lot of the time, th- there were sexual favors expected by male counterparts in the workplace. It's horrible, you know. I'm not saying that that's okay, but what I'm saying is, even during the Me Too movement with with Harvey Weinstein and all these other other people, there were still people that came out during. Not as many as they are now, but there were people, there were cracks in the armor. There were chinks in the armor where people would, some women did come out and say some things. Brad Pitt threatened the guy, you know, they're, 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 you know, for messing with his girlfriend at the time. Um, so there were little things here and there about it. Where was it with Mula? I, I
0: honestly believe that pre, and this, this is just growing up as a child of the eighties and seeing how the culture has shifted since then. I think pre 1990, making allegations even about date rape. I mean, a number of crimes against women were frequently not taken seriously uh, or brushed off or that there was not an environment where women felt it was safe. No, definitely,
1: definitely. But what I'm saying is there was always one. There was always two. um, And their careers would be ruined for it, for sure, unfairly. But there was... Who was it? Gwyneth Paltrow. She Mm. came out. um, there, There was a few others that came out against Harvey Weinstein, if you look back during that time that it was being ignored and all these other people during this Me Too movement. But even Bill Cosby, there's some that, that had come fair. out. But when it wasn't popular to do so, my question is not one single person did this against Mula. And, and I'm not saying it's true or not. I'm just playing devil's advocate here and trying to put my mind around why wouldn't WWE acknowledge this?
0: It's a fair question. Um, I, th- I think part of it is that, they, they don't want to acknowledge anything, um, but if you look at it, they really backed off her and Mula in recent years, and they chose Mae Young as the woman that they would look to. That's
1: true. Now, that I never understood. Now, that, that makes sense now, Glenn, because I, as a little boy, it was all about Mula. She was mm-hmm. all over the place as their female representative of, of what I thought a female wrestler was. On Rock and Wrestling, that was very instrumental in my childhood. Of how I looked at wrestling as a whole, I swear to God, Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, mm-hmm. and she was the only female character on that show, and she was the only one who had a female action figure. Um, the whole nine. As a little boy, as all I knew was Mula, and then when she came back, she came back with this person I never heard of, in um, what's her name, uh, uh, May Young. Yeah. And, and I granted May Young had a very rich history, but it was nothing close to Mula's twenty-something year run as a champion. Are you shitting me? You know what I mean? Like, she has records that will never be beaten. And so I never understood where the Mae Young stuff started to come from, other than she's super entertaining and funny as hell, and everyone liked her, right? Yeah. But now you just have an inkling back then that this could turn around again. I don't know. Maybe you're right, Glenn.
0: I'm just saying I think they should sidestep it, and I think the way that they do it – you know, Stephanie McMahon gets a lot of shit from the fans. But how eloquent was she at the I Royal would've. Rumble – When uh, Lita had those names written on her arm, and Michael Cole was like, Oh, it's the women that came before. And Stephanie was talking about Luna and China, you know, calling out China, you know, the ninth wonder of the world, and talking about these women. Why honor one (coughs) woman? Why not keep that focus and just call it the Women's Memorial Battle Royal? This is for all the women who didn't live to see how far the division has come. Just keep it non controversial, keep it non selective. Because look, some people are saying China, they're never going to pick China because. Forget all of the controversy, forget her final days. The WWE probably feels some responsibility for the downward spiral that unfortunately ended in China losing her life. So I think that is a very complicated issue that they are inviting criticism by by lionizing her um, this soon after her death. Not that she's not deserving of that.
1: Well, but well, it opens well, a can Justin, worms. I apologize for flapping my gums here this whole time. I'm sorry, brother, but I, I just wanted to uh, to say one other thing. With China, it's also you have the Hunter part of the formula, the Stephanie part of this formula. They're inviting a lot of unwelcome, but they have to do it. They have to do it. To do this correctly and really, really – talk about the pioneers who have done this i'm sorry other i would the next woman i would say more than trish more than lita is china after mula as far as who has been more influential in the women's wrestling division you can't say that like guys girls you have no idea how much they looked up to china they still do this day if you talk to a girl that watched wrestling in the attitude era china that was their girl way more than trish and lita combined
2: to the uh, you guys were asking about how like, you know, they ended up na- naming the tournament the May Young Classic and you know, why her before Moolah. I don't know if this is completely true, but I've heard from several people. Obviously Triple H was very big with these tournaments. You know, he was very much behind no. the, He was behind oh, the May.
1: There was uh, a May Young tournament, you're right. Yeah.
2: Um, I had always heard I've heard from several people that, that May Young that Stephanie had a very close relationship, relationship and rapport with May Young. So and again, if Triple H is very much behind that tournament, maybe uh, that that's playing the factor. To the to the whole Mola controversy, I'm doing, I'm gonna, I'm I'm somewhere right there with Matt to play devil's advocate, not approving him being women out, not approving taking money from people, but I think what I think what we in this day and age we're so offended or not offended we're so quick to cast judgment and play God on what's correct, what's policy, and I think we have to put ourselves in in the position to understand we're never going to be able to relate to what it was like for a woman to survive in the 50s, 60s, 70s. 80s of pro wrestling, right? The, the carny World weren't none of n- none of the three of us and nobody watching will ever be able to relate to what it was like for her in that time. That being said, you know, who knows what was who knows what she was told she had to do to survive? Who knows the origin truly of some of these allegations? I'm not saying it's okay if they are true, but I just think we have to keep in mind when casting, you know, when casting judgment That, you know, again, you know, even to the point of, okay, so these are trainees of her and it's not it's not uncommon knowledge that and and that that when you're that that trainees would go through a hard life. I'm not saying, you know, by their trainer to be broken in. I'm not saying pimping them out for sexual favors is correct. But I my point is, I think we have to keep in mind before casting judgment of what we believe and don't believe is we did we did not know what the business and look, we all know wrestling has changed a lot. It is it is it is very common knowledge to anybody that, that has watched and read any bit of wrestling that 30 years ago, wrestling was filled with, with drugs, recreational or, or, or steroids or whatever, and it's evolved. It's, it's become cleaner. It's become healthier. they become wiser. I think we have to realize that's in all facets. In sports, everything's evolved. What's the practices and what's accepted has changed. Not okay in anything that Moolin might have done if the accusations are true, but I think we need to keep that in mind. I'll use one last example. Times change. 30 years ago, 30 years ago, two guys get in a fight, whether it's two kids at school – or two guys in a bar. You get in a fist fight. Now, a fight could be serious. That could be assault. A lot of things can happen. But two guys get in a fight. One guy beats the other one. They walk That's away. Maybe they, even, maybe they even come back the next day, and they buy uh, some or they say, hey, man, you got the better of me. Now, two guys get in a fight. One guy walks away. The next one comes back the next day with a gun
1: or a knife. Times have changed. Both and, get sued by the other. Each yeah, gets sued say, by one like, another. Now so, you first charges the for that. The neighbor yeah. of the kid gets right. sued because he was – you know what I mean? He was mentally affected by watching this fight happen. Right, it's ridiculous. So,
2: yeah, it's a, but it's, it just sums my point up again. Not okay. Make sure nobody leaves a comment saying Labar is okay with what Mula did. I'm not okay if the accusation is no. true. Keep in mind that times change. and We don't know what the environment was that she was in. Let me ask
1: this. Hang on. Let me ask yeah. a question. For me to cut my teeth in this early on, because I didn't have to go through the indie route. I got very lucky, and I hit the lottery by being picked on tough enough and being able to go to WWE. Let's just not – I don't want to undercut the the hard part of working through your way up the roster, okay? But with that said, I still had to cut my teeth in a different way, okay? Let me ask a question. Is everybody – would everybody be okay learning that when I first started uh, my first night out, I had to do X amount of drugs in order to be accepted by certain guys, um, and that's a form of hazing for sure, but nothing worse than I had in college. I didn't have no problem with it. I could have said no, you know, but I'm not going to go back and sue the company for that. I'm, and, and, but, but if I look back at it now in today's day and age versus then guys, I'd have a hell of a lawsuit on my hands and, and I'm not going to do that because I agreed to it. I could have easily quit and said, no, I'm not comfortable doing this. I'm going to go cut lawns for a living or go do this for a living or do that for a living. But I made that deal with myself that, I want this, you know what I mean? Whether it's good and to each their own, nobody has to treat it that way. But I'm saying, where's the, you know what I mean? Now that I just shared that with you, where's the outcrying of, you know, supportive for me for that. Actually, I had to do X amount of drugs and alcohol
0: that could have killed me. Matt, that actually is a pretty serious allegation. I mean, saying the idea that you felt that to keep your spot, that yes, you did have a choice, but that if you rejected it, that you would have no future. Uh, or, or short-lived future.
1: In but their- I was very, let me be very clear. I was very cool with it. I had no problem with it. Okay. I took it as, like I did in college, very similar instance of being hazed by my uh, seniors on my team when I was a freshman. Um,
0: but let's say you hadn't done d- that before. Let's say you had never touched a drug before in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been very open and very forthcoming. And I applaud you on this podcast for talking about your own issues with addiction um, mm-hmm. and what you've had. But let's say that was the first time and let's say, that start, let's say that was what essentially started that pathway addiction. to addiction, mm-hmm. recovery, all of this. Um, yeah. I mean, that would be a really terrible, tragic thing. And that would definitely be something that would get headlines in this day and age in saying that the WWE has, um, you know, let's just say for like a better word, like an opium or addiction problem might part of the reason why be that part of the hazing is, as you said, forcing these new wrestlers to, to do these amount of drugs. That's... That's a huge issue.
1: Um, No, no, that was just me. I understand. Trust me. I I remember looking around going, what the fuck? Why are they doing this rest of these guys? (laughs) But uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, again, at at the end of the day, I don't care. You're responsible for yourself. I agree with that to an extent. but.
0: (laughs) There are different levels and not everyone is as, as strong and okay with the decisions that they feel they were pressured into as, as you are, you know, and it's, it's a different mentality. And that's what we say with a lot of this stuff. The number one thing with the Harvey Weinstein allegations with a lot, of, I mean, not Bill Cosby because uh, there was, there was drugging and sedating involved, but with Harvey uh, Weinstein with the, these, what does everyone say? Sorry, I should laugh at that. No, no. But what does everyone say with Harvey Weinstein? Well, why didn't these women just get up and say no and get the F out of there? Like that's the number one thing. And you'd say you do that, I'd say i do that, but the thing is, okay, so what if you're someone, though, that in your life has experienced things that has you feeling that you are not empowered to do that, and you feel that, you know, maybe, maybe you're, this isn't the first time somebody has done that to you, and as a coping mechanism, you just sort of shut down and do it. I, again, we're getting a little off the rails here, but the point is that not everyone feels empowered to make those decisions. My point about it is this. Some of these women are still alive. Believe me, if Ryan Satin is reaching out, I guarantee you David Bixenspan is going down the list and finding every single past trainee of Moolahs that's alive to get a quote and a story about it. These, shining a light on Moolah is going to shine a light on these allegations. And maybe we will get some more of the truth out of all of this. Maybe a police report will turn up. Who knows? What I'm saying is this. WWE, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Like, why do you open this can of worms, just sidestep it entirely?
1: You know, it's I'm, like you're not... I'm I'm, hope, I'm hoping because it's not true, obviously, just because I was a fan of Mula, I, I was. I, I'm not going to oh, apologize. Jesus. How, for how that, many people
0: know? right now? How many Louis C.K. specials do I have to think like, yeah, maybe now is not the time to talk about how brilliant Louis C.K. is. You know, I mean, there, we have to do a lot of separating the art from the artist. But with the WWE yeah. and the vocal fan base, I think what's happening and this, this is what I really think it is, because I'm someone and I posted about this. It's like. Forget the press. If you really want to get to the WWE about this, contact Snickers. They're the presenting sponsor of WrestleMania. And just say, hey, they chose a really controversial choice. Glenn, do you want to be associated with this? Stop. Look, let me explain <laughs> the reason why. Let me explain the reason why. I'm as wrestling fans, I, as I wrestling do. fans, we have to put up with a lot of shit. Okay? We have to put up with a lot of, him hey, overlooking this. Yeah, what Jinder said about Shinsuke that time doing the voice, that was kind of racist. But, you know... I really think the WWE is going in the right direction. I know they did this in the past, but we we think they're getting better, okay? But to your point, Matt, I love that we're talking about these shades of gray and we could talk about shades of gray all day long about these in-betweens, well, is this okay? Or is this okay or this? But I think there are some things that as a society and as wrestling fans, we can agree are black and white. Enzo Amore was accused of sexually assaulting someone. That's wrong. That's a black wrong issue. That's clear. If, if, it's true, this, if it's true, if it's true, OK, yeah. Muo was accused of, of uh, trafficking, hooking women on drugs, forcing them into prostitution. We can all agree that's wrong. That's, that's wrong. I'll have conversations about shades of gray all day long with people. But I think that we have to kind of take a stand about the things that we all can agree are bad. And I think with the fans, that's what's happening is they're just saying, hey, we're cutting the WWE a lot of slack about maybe not getting with the times as much as they should. And granted, they've made great strides, amazing strides. Now, See, if I, you look at what they did 20 years
1: ago. I was going to say, I was using my example as an example of how far they've come, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, if I started in today's day and age, I don't think I get hooked on painkillers when I get injured and my L5 blows into a million pieces. I don't think I try painkillers for the first time. I think – they have such – like, guys, The performance center is ridiculous. Um, their trainers they have are ridiculous. They're, they're better than the NFL. And I just think there's other avenues now that are out there for guys with injuries that I would have – you know what I mean? I would have been introduced to. And, and I think they've done a really good job with that. Again, the most stringent drug testing policy in the world. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating it. It's insane. You know, and, so they. I do think they deserve credit, and I, I'm I'm 41. So any hater out there is going, oh, you're just kissing WWE's ass, guys. I'm not working in 300 years. I have no intentions of going back there anytime soon. So I'm not kissing anyone's ass. I'm just saying wrestling as a whole is predicated on WWE, and we need to give credit where credits due when when they do deserve it. And with this stuff with the Moolah stuff, you know what I mean. I, I'd like to think they know something we don't know. I don't know.
0: Hulk Hogan was cut immediately when that gawker tape came in, now granted that's nah. a smoking gun and they probably don't didn't want him near a microphone on the wwe's behalf at the time but we talked about the other night i mean it's not just women pat patterson there were yeah. allegations about him with uh No, i think too, pat patterson yeah. i think pat patterson's an amazing guy what he had to overcome and go through that documentary on him that the wwe released is is really powerful really moving to watch I think Pat Patterson, there's a lot to admire about him, but there were allegations about him with male wrestlers and using his influence unduly. And granted, allegations, we don't know that anything was proven, but Pat was cut from that role immediately as a result of
1: that. Others as well that we've never heard of. Guys like ring crew people, people that we've never even heard of, Glenn, that yeah. uh, that, that f- would force younger guys to do things with them uh, uh, sexually. Um, there's, there's tons of that that happened at, at a different time and age. Again, not okaying it. But uh, uh, it was just a different time and age. I'm not making excuses for yeah. it. I'm just saying today that's not an issue.
2: Yeah, I, I think you know, today everybody's an investigative reporter. Everybody digs up everybody's past. And if you get back to a certain time where times were different, and again, as Matt said, not okay in it, but where times are different, oh, they named the Battle Royal after Andre a few years ago, and they're still doing it. They're getting ready to have this documentary come out on HBO. I'm sure if you look at Andre's past, I'm sure Andre beat the hell out of somebody at a bar one night. He wouldn't. They wouldn't leave him alone, and they disrespected him. Are we going to say, "Oh, Andre assaulted some guy, half of his size"? I mean, it's everybody's. Everybody to a point probably has something in their past that you can bring up and say, "Well, that's wrong. They did this illegal." But sure, absolutely.
0: And we. I don't think any of us claim to be perfect people. I mean, and I uh,
2: to you uh, to what you're saying. That's what I mean. If we keep doing petition, and keep. I just. I, I fear how crazy this could get. You know, what I mean, like if somebody, somebody, if somebody can, if somebody can, uh if somebody can provide a proof or a tape or some kind of way to prove that Bulla pimped out this trainee. Well, then, yeah, now we have a smoking gun. But otherwise, everybody's going to have accusations about everybody. And at what point do we – what point do we just go But especially, this- yeah.
1: especially that business, Glenn, because it is so – car- it, it was so carny. You don't even know how carny this stuff was. It still is. <laughs> guys pissing in each other's protein shake container, uh, shaker cups. Uh, like I can, There's a million things I can list right now that would never fight. But we're part of the business's growth to where it's at today. I, it's i I don't know.
0: Well, and what I'm saying is that the WWE could sidestep this conversation. Wrestling Inc. All of us could sidestep this conversation. They they chose by not calling it
1: the Mula. by by she's, not calling it the Mula Battle. She's Royal. the only fifth. She's the only classic one they have. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know.
0: I'm, I get it.
2: Doesn't have the the Laylana Kai. A battle royal doesn't have the same ring to it. As the, or the yeah. No disrespect to Leilani Kai. No. or Richter, It doesn't have the same ring to it.
1: You're right.
0: Yeah. Um, Snickers.com slash contact if you're outraged by the Moolah controversy. We'll see. We'll see what happens with this. Um, I think this is going to be one where they're going to change it, not in admission of wrongdoing, just to really? avoid. Because well, I don't think they want people talking about this. We should be talking about how awesome it is uh, they're having a women's battle Royal in Mania. We should be talking right. About everything else, Awesome in Mania. Why and, are they doing this?
1: And I gotta, I gotta admit something. I'm not because I'm now, I'm a, I'm a city commissioner, and I'm also working a nine to five in sales. Right? I'm not, yeah. on, I'm not up to date with what's happening in wrestling news, other than what you guys share with me here. So, I I could be. This could be all over the news, and I'm not just aware of it. So I apologize if that's It's
0: picking guess. up steam. Newsweek, Forbes, <clears throat> uh, Deadspin, all have articles about the controversy. We'll all see right. what happens. <clears throat> um. Okay, let's wrap this up, uh, Justin. Uh, where can people find you online?
2: Uh, at Justin LaBar. it's the home for everything. Uh, it's got my links to my audio podcast, got the video chair shot rally that I do for Wrestling Inc. columns, and just to plug everybody, WrestleMania Day, April eighth in New Orleans, one to three p.m. I'll have my annual WrestleMania pre-party. Tommy Dreamer, Mr. Anderson, Noel Foley—free to get in, free Q&A, twenty dollars meet and greet with each of them, or there's six VIP tickets, which gets you lunch with Noel and a special meet with everybody, uh, the VIP tickets are $100 and can be found at
1: tibbykingonline.com.
0: There we go. Matt, what would you like to plug before we wrap here?
1: Hey, everybody, I'm good.
0: Okay, at BP Matt Morgan. I am at Glenn Rubenstein on Twitter. Uh, Please give me a follow or a shout out. Uh, Love to know what you all think about the podcast. And please keep leaving those reviews on iTunes. The ratings, they definitely help new people discover the podcast. Me, Matt, and Raj will be back here Monday night to talk about Monday Night Raw. We'll see what's up with Roman's suspension uh, and everything that's happening between now and WrestleMania. Until next time, folks, I am Glenn Rubenstein. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.